You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with today's guest, Raphael Zakhanov, founder and CEO of Ruby Has. In today's challenging climate, many companies have struggled to find their footing and have had to play catch up just to keep up with the industry. But there are businesses that have focused on the right technologies and partnerships to not just weather the storm, but grow in spite of it. Raphael Zakhanov, founder and CEO of Ruby Has, shares some of his insights on how to navigate the new normal and keep on growing. Joining me on the Inbound Logistics Podcast is Raphael Zakhanov, founder and CEO of Ruby Has. Rafi, thank you so much for joining the show today. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you. Welcome, welcome. Uh, first, uh, before anything else, how are you and uh, Ruby Has holding up in light of everything that's going on with the pandemic? You know, in terms of my business side, we're, we're doing very well. Uh, like most uh, companies in e-commerce world, um, but we, we want to be considerate to the fact that uh, it's a very tough time to uh, to live in this uh, in, in the in the world uh, that that's brought upon us uh, that COVID has brought upon. And we're we're just very thankful for our our staff and 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 uh, the partners that that are working with us uh, through these uh, difficult times and, and being able to be supportive. Yeah, good, good. All right, uh, Ruby has is an interesting name. Uh, so can you take me through uh, the origin of that name? And uh, after that, uh, give the audience a little bit of an introduction to who you are and your background in the industry and uh, particularly what's going on with Ruby has today. Yeah, so an interesting story um, how the name came about. So I'll give you the background and, and to end the name all at once because it comes from the same uh, cloth. Um, so I started out in uh, selling items on on eBay and Amazon, uh, watches, eyewear, uh, bags, and accessories. And um, I, I noticed at the time that we were primarily selling luxury goods. And um, you know, there was a very large stigma at the time, and still some of it still persists with with eBay and Amazon around fakes. And I figured uh, that I knew so many people in the industry that are selling luxury items online that uh, I'd offer uh, a website where um, essentially you know vetted the product and and not only vetted the product, uh, had it at a at a great price and all under one roof uh, uh, of a of a website. Um, and uh, the idea of uh, you know Ruby has came about. So Ruby has watches. Ruby has um, shoes. Ruby has uh, cologne, right? Or Gucci cologne, etc. And um, really pitched that idea to a bunch of friends of mine. And um, what really stuck out is the way to to really make it work for them is no, none of them really wanted to deal with the whole uh, picking and packing. They would either send it off to to Amazon. Um, or wholesale it to somebody else that would then in turn uh, sell it on eBay. And um, so I figured that, you know, why don't I offer them the, the pick-and-pack services? And this is where uh, e-commerce fulfillment was really outsourced by, you know, the, the larger brands, uh, the, the larger businesses, and um, handled by larger 3PLs, and there wasn't really uh, much out there. Um, so I started off... Um, Offering the the pick and pack service because we were actually really good at it. Um, you know, at the time we were shipping thousands of orders ourselves to, for the marketplaces, and that was something that we really had under control. Um, so we didn't shy away from offering it to the 
uh, to the partners that I was essentially working with, um, and we, you know, as a company, really enjoyed uh, providing that service of of, of uh, fulfillment uh, for the uh, marketplaces. We still have to support the other marketplaces as as Ruby has dot uh, com was was being built out, and we realized that, um, you know, this was really needed at the time because there was many sellers and resellers uh, that needed to to have an e-commerce marketplace. Um, so that's how the name came about. Essentially, you know, really quirky. Ruby has, you know, everything, and and we 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 had the entity already named, and figured I'd save a couple of thousand dollars instead of creating another ship something. Right. And um, that's a RubyHas.com uh, stuck, and um, now we provide um, essentially fulfillment services for brands. Primarily, we started out working with uh, resellers or or authorized vendors of other brands, and we really pivoted to support uh, DDC, uh, direct-to-consumer native uh, brands um, online um, over the last uh, five years, really. Um, and that's what, you know, 99% of our clients are really, you know, um, selling through Shopify, WooCommerce, Magento, I meaning, you know, their own websites, and Amazon's a really small portion of that, of their business, and, and uh, interim hours. Okay. Great. Well, speaking of e-commerce, we recently published the results of our top 103PL research. And uh, of the 400 companies that that, uh, we gathered data points from, we noted that some are struggling a little bit. Uh, But uh, you guys recently issued a press release on the expansion of your Las Vegas facility, which uh, brought with it a lot more jobs. Uh, What was it about uh, Ruby Has that uh, is separating itself from the market? Because there's a lot of people doing e-commerce, so there's got to be a little bit something else there going on yeah so you know our 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 brands um you know are are the best what they do and they select um you know a a great partner which is ruby has and um we we have a really strong assortment and diversified uh base of of accounts a lot of cpls do essentially uh, focus on, on one area or one niche whether that's heavy product or light product or hazardous products. So we're really much very diversified. It also allows us and our brands to, to really take advantage of a lot of our partnerships with, with carriers and technology partners. Um, so I think it's important to note that our, our client base um, is really successful itself, and that's really drives our growth. Um, one of the reasons uh, that enables us to uh, be a, uh, the vendor of choice and partner of choice of these great brands is we're always ahead of the curve um, of what they would need from a capability standpoint, whether that has something to do with uh, in technology or an actual um, you know, footprint requirement or capability. Um, so whether that's you know, expanding in, uh, domestically or, or internationally, where we've kind of been uh, very bullish on, on delivering those capabilities ahead of what uh, the, the clients uh, uh, would, would need. Um, and I, I think that's given us a very a strong competitive edge on delivering that capability and, and quality that, that they need, especially um, in today's uncertain times. Yeah. All right. Well, so uh, other than e-commerce, are there any other markets that you serve? Um, we service um, you know, the medical industry. You know, we, we ship to about um, 3,000 uh, clinics and, and, and hospitals in the U.S. and, and, and internationally. Um, we service uh, healthcare providers as well. We're, we're GMP compliant. Uh, that's something that we we got done 
um, recently. So that that's really opened up um, a lot of capabilities um, for our clients, uh, for our potential uh, clients to work with us, and, and that's really been very interesting for us as well. We've deployed uh, 60,000 square feet of climate-controlled space this year alone. Um, that was uh, really a really unique uh, product that we have um, amongst the, the, the other uh, companies uh, out there and, and options available. So we really started to, to segment, uh, to service more on the medical uh, field as well and uh, everything that goes along with it. We also opened up uh, 330,000 square feet in, in, uh, in Louisville, Kentucky mm. as well. Okay. Uh, well, uh, what geography are you guys operating in? Uh, and uh, in terms of global reach, what, what does that look like for Ruby House? Yeah, so um, we're operating in the uh, U.S., Canada, and the U.K., Mm-hmm. Um, right now, and um, you know, in the U.S. we have about 1.2 million square feet. Um, in Canada, we're going to be uh, announcing very shortly an expansion uh, there as well, um, and um, we have a uh, uh, another site in the U.K. that uh, we work with. And um, you know, the the U.S. has has really uh, been a, a very large a need. To bring the product closer and closer to the customers, um, and um, you know, currently we're in the East Coast, Midwest, and, and also the West Coast. Um, so we're really uh, giving a, a full breadth and uh, enterprise level offering, fulfillment offering to to the customers. Yeah, that's good coverage. So, what kind of uh, transportation services do you uh, offer then? So we actually offer um, right now um, on the inbound side. Uh, we we do have some uh, programs available to support inbound, um, you know, freight inbound containers. Um, on the outbound side, we offer, um, you know, pretty much every service level with with small package, right? That just what people expect on they they have available on uh, online. Um, we were also testing with some same same day deliveries as well out of our New Jersey and uh, New York centers, and we're testing that for 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 a while now and seeing how customers like it lots of learning there yeah speaking of your customers though what is the makeup of your customer base typically so mostly uh, you know consumer goods um, you know apparel uh, home goods um, kitchenware health and beauty is, is is really growing with us um, you know especially with us deploying the GMP processes and procedures. Yeah, so we're really we just don't handle anything hazardous or in, in furniture really. Mm, okay, all right. Well, uh, something that's important to uh, customers uh, in speaking to uh, other uh, services is the technology component. Things like visibility, automation, those kind of things. What kind of technology can your customers access? Yeah, so we're we're you know that's another thing that's really unique. We're very flexible with with respect to the technology. We work with a number of brands that are, you know, obviously domestic, but also international. And international, they have their own uh, ERPs and and Mm -hmm. order management systems that we would have to plug and play with. So number one is what's important to to our brands is is flexibility, being that, you know, they're in different regions or might have different outside pressures from, you know, venture capital, private equity, uh, banking uh, that would require different types of systems. So uh, we're very flexible. Um, we have a REST API that they could hone in on, or we could connect with them uh, via integration. Um, 
So we're really, really flexible with that. I, I don't think there's really um, not many systems that we, we don't integrate with, um, and most of our integrations are done via via API, and we're seeing almost the death of the FTP request or FTP protocol communication request. But um, most of our integrations are done via API, and um, and we connect to a very broad range of ERP systems, whether that's SAP, Microsoft Dynamics, um, NetSuite. Okay. Uh, is is it important for you to be able to provide that kind of visibility to your customers? I know it's important for customers to have access to it, but uh, do you guys concentrate on making sure that that visibility is available for them? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, we have... You know, it's pretty much everything is live. They have access to our system as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we do make calls, um, you know, in, in, down to a 15-minute frequency. That's our standard. And, and we can go down to, you know, uh, really creating, you know, webhooks where, you know, they can really get live updates on, on, on certain transactions. So, yeah, that's very important because the, the end user uh, wants to be informed. Mm-hmm. I think with people working more and more from home, um, I, I think maybe that will subside less because nobody, you know, they're not worried, you know, they're not out at work. But I think as, as people start, you know, going back um, to a, 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 their normal work schedule um, out of out of the house, um, I think that would be, you know, uh, pressed back up. But um, yeah, we have, you know, you could see where the order is in, in the process, um, whether it's been released to the floor, it's on the conveyor, it's Data pack station, the labels created, all, all of that is visibility is available, and and the the customers can choose, you know, what notifications and when do they want to be pinged about about what. Okay, uh, what about that automation part? Uh, is that uh, a technology that you uh, might be focusing on, uh, either uh, currently or somewhere down the line? Yeah, so automation is was always on our roadmap. Um, you know, COVID has accelerated that. Yeah, we've we've we spent close to a million dollars this year in in robotics, and we're planning to spend another three million dollars uh, first quarter of next year in in robotics and, and automation um, to help mitigate some of the labor challenges that uh, you know we're all facing. Okay, now all, you mentioned COVID. Other than COVID, which is a, a challenge unto itself, what were some of your biggest challenges uh, for 2020 so far? So. <laughs> I, I, I'd say it's all really stemming from COVID, um, yeah. some good and some bad. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, COVID has accelerated e-commerce uh, by, by a number of years. Um, and um, some, of, some of the challenges are, you know, some of the decisions that um, state and federal governments uh, instituted with respect to um, unemployment pay, um, so it's really this year is, is the focus is is all around uh, COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about from your customers? Have they told you uh, uh, anything about uh, some of the challenges that they are facing? Yeah. So the you know the supply chains have really been disrupted, right? Mm-hmm. Um, China and, and many other countries have have been shut down for a while and uh, have been backed up on on a lot of POs. Um, so everybody's fighting for production capacity. Um, you know, prior to COVID, everybody was was talking about you know lean inventory, just in time, right? Let's not let's only manufacture what we need, and now it's you know we need more space, we want to hold more stock, you know, 
it's it's good it's good to have versus uh, just in time, right? That's what um, the customers have been have been struggling with because over the last three years they've been really trying to adapt to a just in time inventory strategy, and that's just not going to work with with so many people staying at home and and needing uh, more product. So you know more people are shopping online and uh, shopping more frequently. Um, so I think that that has been a major uh, change in, in, in requirements uh, for, for our brands. Yeah. Well, with that evolution of uh, demand signals and requirements uh, in mind, what uh, do you think then is in the foreseeable future in terms of what Ruby has is going to be doing to address that? Yeah, so we're going to be you know, expanding our, our centers. That's important um, because we have to hold more product due to the uncertainties with, with production and production cycles, production capacities. Um, so we're definitely going to be adding a lot more capacity, um, and that will enable us to have um, uh, more control over storage capacity, storage rates, um, and have some certainty around that for for our brands. Uh, with with us hearing with uh, you know the pipeline that we have, um, many CTLs are really struggling with that, struggling with space, um, and that's not something that we uh, wanna essentially uh, provide as a challenge to our brands and, and we want to really want to enable them and, and that's why we've deployed you know close to 800,000 um, uh, 700,000 uh, square feet uh, this year and we're going to be deploying another half a million square feet next year um, so that's one approach and uh, the second one is really further um, enabling uh, freight inbound um, as, as, a, as a product offering for, for our brands and uh, pooling um, savings around that, and and uh, providing a much be- much better uh, experience both on um, uh, communication, timing, and and pricing um, on that uh, to help mitigate some of that. Um, and um, also from a technology side, we're we're putting a lot of investment in uh, in inventory control and, and notifications, reporting around you know what's selling, what's not. Um, What's stale uh, to help them make uh, you know uh, business decisions with with respect to how to handle the inventory? Okay. Well, where can our audience go then to find out more information about what Ruby has? <laughs> go to uh, rubyhas.com, and um, you know we, we we update the website regularly, uh, both on our uh, processes and what we're doing and what our capabilities are, and you can check us out right there, rubyhas.com. Excellent. Uh, Rafi Zakhanov, thank you so much for taking some time out to talk with us today. Uh, and now Ruby has a podcast, so best of luck to Ruby has and to you. Be safe. Thank you. Be safe. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash getil. That's bit.ly slash get underscore I-L and stay ahead of the 3PL game. The Inbound Logistics Podcast is a production of Inbound Logistics Magazine. For the most in-depth information around logistics, transportation, and supply chain practices, get your free print and digital subscription at inboundlogistics.com slash subscribe. Connect with us via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for the most current developments in the industry. 
you'd like to leave us some feedback or have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, call our dialogue line at 888-878-3247 or leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast.